to the Flying Lion Podcast. This is our uh, third show here. I got Sam and Zach with me here today to talk about two big FC Cincinnati wins. Boys, how are we feeling? Um, I, I know usually usually I go first, um, so I'll I'll talk about the win. But I, I'm I'm buzzing. Obviously, uh, a couple more wins under the belt, um, which is fan- fantastic, right? Um, a win on the road at a terrible stadium um, with a terrible fan atmosphere. Um, and then we get a, a, probably honestly, I'd, I'd put the, the win up there, um, that we had on Saturday with the St. Louis game as it being like one of the worst games we've ever played like this season. Um, I just, I I thought it was a very, very ugly win. And if, if we would have gotten a draw out of this game, I, if I'm Pat Noonan, I'm, I'm absolutely pissed off. Um, which, Maybe he takes, you know, blame for that because he did change the lineup so much. I take, um, but I take. I mean, you you put those guys in there and you trust them, right? Um, so, I mean, all in all, we got the dub um, both times, right? So I, I'm happy with with this past week. Yeah, you can't be mad about getting three points in both games, but um, as a spectator and. At least the second one, I agree with you, is a little bit boring in some aspects too, but we'll touch on that in a little bit. So, Zach, what do you uh, think of our two games this past week? Yeah, I would say um, likewise. Nobody likes playing in a baseball stadium. I mean, I think we could all agree that, well, although it's a smaller field, it's probably better on their legs and whatnot. Uh, There's some interesting stats to talk about on that game. But, um, yeah, I think, getting three or six points in a week. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Going, winning away at a powerhouse, usually New York, New York city's pretty good at home, but I mean, their form's been looking pretty poor, but um, it was great to uh, get a win out of Chicago, but yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty at all. Like I think not a fun uh, game to watch. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, like, I, agree. I, I guess it's just those games. Like, if you pull them out, I mean, it's that's how how people get supporter shields is grind out those wins. So, right. yeah, um, no, I think so too. That's the theme of this year for our team. I think is just like finding a way to win, no matter what way. Uh, like we had said the last time on a baseball field, on turf, on grass, like on a converted infield that was, you know, <laughs> actually dirt and now grass. I mean, I saw the guys probably slipping like 10 different times in the first half. I think they may have changed their cleats for the second half, but um, yeah, we'll roll a little bit into the NYCFC game. Um, First half um, was a little rough in some aspects. It took uh, the boys a little bit to kind of get their footing. Uh, No pun intended on that one, but um, I, I think that, I think that what was it? 18th minute. There was a big play that stands out in that first half Um, New York, puts in a corner and James Sands gets his head on it. And I saw Salentano make just an incredible save, just a point blank reaction save that we've seen him do a couple times this year, um, kind of hits it over and out and Sands was just in disbelief. So um, from our team, I think they needed a little bit of a wake up call and that was part of it. And then the second part I was going to say, that was another wake up call was the goal that was disallowed. And I'm yeah. looking at that part and um 
you know, maybe Yerson gets pushed in the back, maybe he doesn't, but <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm going to take that all day. And then from there, they kind of woke up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I think you're, you're right in that, that kind of, that disallowed goal kind of gave us a wake up call. Like, Hey guys, like we need to, we need to get going here. Um, and luckily our, 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 our guy up front, you know, the man who's been leading us for how many seasons now, three, four seasons, like he's, he's our guy and we go with him. Right. Um, and so he showed us the way, got us that first goal. What an absolute bender of a goal. Like oh, that's, what a beaut of I a mean, goal. so casual, just lean back on, on the left foot there and bend it around with the right. Like that was world-class goal. Um, looked just absolute ease and then you have Barrial and then you have Vasquez kind of finishing off the goal scoring with I mean Barrial phenomenal goal by him like once again a a guy that steps up you know when you need him most um and I I definitely think he's probably one of the best you know crossers or free kick takers right that we have in the MLS to be honest with you um but yeah as far as some other aspects it obviously got a little bit chippy uh, during the game um especially with mascara right so earlier in the game he may have gotten pushed i thought that was a little bit soft but um yeah later in the game once again i mean you can call it a flop you can call it whatever you want like but there's contact there and he's you know nycfc i can't remember the player that that pushed him but um it it just got a little out of hand and i, I thought I, I was glad that FC Cincinnati tried to keep their cool. Like it wasn't they they were trying to make a bigger thing, kind of like NYCFC was. I think mm-hmm. I think we we remained composed. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that was um, interesting that you say composed because uh, <laughs> sometimes Miazga doesn't look quite composed in some <laughs> yeah. ways. He's kind of like the instigator in a lot of ways on things, but I think. Uh, getting into the dark arts a little bit on like, you know, we're going to get in their head, you know, they, they got maybe a little bit of an advantage with these early chances. Like let's get under their skin a little bit and see how these guys can take this. I, um, yeah. so, Zach, what did you think of that? I, I just, in my mind, I imagine like Matt Miazga is a just fearsome on the pitch, but like when he's at home, like in his private life, he's just like a, I just feel like he's just like a teddy bear. He just like, gentle giant like i could see him being so chill and laid back but then what do you guys think a fifa game against him would be like i mean i i think he would be definitely somebody that would get in your head i i think (laughs) during those those, like rough rough moments i I don't know how much like he would celebrate when he's up on you but when he's down or if it's tied like i feel like he's the type of guy that would Definitely play some mind games with you and and get under your skin, which, I mean, that's something that you gotta love about Miazga for sure. Yeah, he's the chair forward meme guy that you see <laughs> that uh, instantly, all of a sudden, he's you know really into it and hiding the controller from you on the PKs. But um, yeah, no, Sam, I agree with um, your points earlier about Barial. He's definitely become our free kick guy. As much as the you know analysts wanted to spin it, oh, we're waiting on Lucho, and like maybe they're right on, you know, I would expect him uh, from that side of the field to maybe whip one in, but we've seen a couple times now Barial on the free kicks. Um, you know, his corners have been phenomenal too. 
the dude's top five in the MLS on um, total crosses. And uh, I would gather that a lot of them have been pretty dangerous crosses too. Um, so been impressed by that. Uh, as the game went on, I was very happy to see Lucho hand off the ball to Vasquez, try to get him some confidence. Um, I see actually part of the replay when I'm watching the PK, the NYCFC players were going into the box before Vasquez was taking the PK. I don't know if you guys had seen that or not. So even if he messes it, um, heaven forbid, you know, he probably gets another opportunity at it at that point. Yeah. So that would be interesting, but glad we got the win in that one solid three, one win. Um, one of our, one of two games, I think, and all the MLS this year, when we've had a two goal advantage as a winning score, um, especially away from home, I'll take that. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Sam, you're laughing. What do you think about that? I, I just think that's a funny stat, right? And it's not a stat that, you know, for the past three years that we would be thinking about, you know, us having that stat, right? Being able to come out and win those one goal games, right? Um, and being able to, you know, put more on them if we need to. And in this instance, you know, we needed to and we did. Um, but Zach, what was your take on the game? Yeah, I thought, I mean, the discipline was not very uh, high in this game. There were yellow cards left and right. I, I think I was looking at the the ticker and it was like eight yellow cards by the 60th minute. It's like the yeah. most I've seen in a game, it seems like. But um, I mean, it was a it was a fantastic game in the second half. But that first half was rough, I've, in my opinion, other than the goal. Um, I, I think it was a pretty kind of neck and neck game. But when I when you look at the passes, um, I got some an interesting stat showing New York City had 214 passes in the first half and we only had 85. And it's oh like a big difference. And I feel like, and it kind of showed, cause like, it seemed like we were just lobbing passes trying to get it on the break, but then it's like such a short field. How do you do a counterattack on a short field like that? And it's, I, I think they turned it around obviously in the second half, but it was a, uh, some mind bending goals to yeah. say the least, no pun intended, but it was, it was a <laughs> yeah. great match. 11 total yellows was the final tally on that. So one of the more carded games uh, I've watched in a while, which kind of broke up the game between fights, yellows, like there was a whole bunch of crazy stuff going on. VAR decisions, yeah. like it was crazy. But I think uh, touching back on our points from last week, we needed to see the boys play pretty quick through the middle. Um, we had, I believe you, Yakubo was playing for uh, Wobodo. So um, how'd you guys think Kubo did filling in? Uh, I, I think he played rather well. Um, I mean, we'll touch on it in the Chicago game, but um, NYCFC against them, I, I thought he played uh, pretty well. Um, obviously, Lucho is going to help you out in the middle um, and, and kind of be that guy to facilitate and help you out. Um, I thought Kubo did a great job of um, helping progress that attacking play a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, I mean – like I said, we'll touch on the Chicago game as far as Kubo, but that, that's my that's my thoughts. Yeah, I I love Kubo as a super sub. Um, I think he works better in that aspect. Uh, yeah. I don't, I, in my opinion, I don't think he's as good of a starter, but um, yeah, I think when he comes on, he just has the energy to kind of put that pr extra press on, and yeah. then at the same time, he's just his shot 
his shooting is unreal. But yeah, he likes to shoot, but I like the created chances from him. I feel yes. like he does a decent job at creating opportunities. Now, the finishing part could be improved on, but he's got the effort to kind of put that part going forward. So I, I hope to see him kind of round that out. He, he's taking um, shots, in other words. He is. He's taking shots. That, That's that is better than need. not taking shots. That's what we need. The 10th minute of the game or something very early on, um, Kubo goes into a tackle and almost like breaks his leg. I don't know if you guys remember that one real early on and made me nervous. But um, again, things like that kind of set the tone for the game, especially playing yeah. in a crowded environment. It's almost like playing in like an indoor game where your space is confined. And every time I watch the game in New York, it's like I'm reminded at how narrow it is. Yeah. So um, I feel like it's a solid result to come out of there 3-1. Any um, final thoughts on the NYCFC game? No, I don't, I don't have anything else. Okay. Nope. So this past Saturday, uh, you two uh, had a great time out here at this thrilling 1-0 victory. Um, <laughs> I watched um, on TV and uh, was able to kind of see the perspective from the commentators and how they called it, which was quite interesting. And we'll get to that in here in a little bit, but first half starts out a little bit slow. Um, first 30 minutes, we dominate possession. We had about 70%, 75% possession. Don't create like a ton of dangerous chances. I think we had some shots, but they weren't really testing anyone. Let's be honest. Um, but uh, what'd you guys think early on in the, in the, ma- in the match against Chicago? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you run through our tweets, I, I think we were more excited about what we were going to tweet than the actual game in, in some <laughs> aspects, to be honest with you. Um, I, I It was just, like I was talking about the start, I mean, it was just an ugly win. Like, I didn't like any aspect of it. Um, obviously, it was a nucleus that you clearly could tell that they did not have any chemistry together. That's a good um, point. They, they we were, were talking all, about that lineup before the game. Yeah, they were they were all it, it looked like a high school team that had a bunch of freshmen and seniors on it and nobody in between. That's what it yep. looked like. It looked like they were trying to figure out uh that play on the attacking half. They were just like talking to each other like it was normal like it wasn't fluid. Like they were having to motion players here and there. Hey, well, you were supposed to go there. Like it was it just didn't look right at all. And yeah. I mean, granted, we had, I think, like for the first 20, 30 minutes, had like 80% possession, right? So we were controlling the game. We just weren't doing anything with it. Our passes weren't going anywhere. There was no chances created because we didn't have anybody big. Like, I mean, Kimi's tall, but he's like, he's not a force to be reckoned with, you know, as he's a striker. A striker. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, and then right. you have Lucho, who, I mean, let's be honest, he's not going to get ahead on a ball. Like, well, I don't know why he's playing up top, but so it was just, it was a weird lineup to begin with. Um, and so I, I was just happy that, that we got out of there with a win, but yeah, I, I think for me, I think our, our tweets were more exciting than the game. <laughs> Zach, was this uh, Angulo's best 30 minutes we've seen in an FC Jersey to start out the game? Mm. There's some hot takes out there about that. Sam and I couldn't stop commenting on his horrible <laughs> back passing. I, I mean, yeah. the fact that he was backpack passing is not bad, but his bad back passes were bad. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. yeah. It was just, 
it he I think what I told Sam was he doesn't have the confidence yet. I think Pat's trying to give him more minutes. I think he's mm-hmm. just I, th- I don't think he was state. yes, exactly. I, I think he's not really expecting how big the MLS is getting. And mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of pressure on him and with everything going on in his uh previous history with coming before the his arrival here, I mean, that could be looming on him as well. So I mean there's there's other things happening. But um besides that, I think I mean I think it's the hottest game we've played all season so far. So it was, it was excruciating sitting up in the stands. I'm not going to lie. It was (laughs) Emily, my wife. That was real crowd. Yeah. She, she was um, definitely complaining a little bit, but not only that, I was surprised how much she was getting into the game too. Like she was getting frustrated even by the players. Like we're building chances but like the finishing is just that's always frustrating being there and seeing like your team control possession but not really do much with it necessarily and setting yourself up for success you know let's talk about lucho playing as a forward and a position where traditionally this year we played with a hold-up striker or one that runs off of a bigger striker you put lucho and kimi together and sam you're right you see him kind of talking about where each other should be, but Kimi just comes back from, you know, the U20 World yeah. Cup. So the guy's kind of on the back foot on some of what we've been trying to build on in some ways, which is, you know, hard for him, but a good opportunity at the same time to start at home and to kind of, you know, put one foot forward in your season. But um, you're right. I think it's kind of unusual to, to bring it out that way. And to set the team up to where let's see if we can get a result out of this. Let's see if we can, you know, find something out of this scenario. Um, but uh, I, I felt that, like that was kind of interesting. Yeah. And, and just the fact that there were zero shots from Chicago at, at the end of the first half. Yeah. I mean, that, that says a lot about obviously the possession and how sure. much we just dominated, but nothing happened. So yeah, I think it I think was, uh, um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say it and, and it really made me happy. And I, w- I was so close to just screaming from the rooftop when Kimi had that chance, like open goal. And, but he had to do that turn and just sliced oh, yeah. it to the left a little bit. But he was a foot like away from being on. Yeah, you guys probably had a good vantage point, I would imagine, from it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that was that was a chance that. You know, could have just given us some relief, right? Didn't need any rescuing, any saving. It would have been, you know, a good team goal because um, the ball was moving, everything was moving, um, and you get a chance like that that almost falls in your lap. You just couldn't get his foot around it. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, with with Angulo, I, I think you guys make great great points. I think he does need a little bit more experience, um, a little bit more time to kind of figure out what his role is in the team. Um, but I, I absolutely, I, I kind of like what, what Pat Noon is doing right now. And I understand it's a little bit tough for, uh, a fan to kind of see a Costa score that goal and then he's immediately subbed off. Right. Sure. I, I like how Pat's doing that though. I really do. And Pinto is definitely the right guy to bring on. 
because he yeah. brings not only that young energy because I mean let's let's be honest like Acosta is not going to give you 100% energy throughout the game right? right he has his spurts and he's great during those spurts but Pinto is young and he, he's beat, he's fiery he's coming off the bench he wants to show something yeah. every single game and I, I think during those late games I, I think honestly to to Zach's point earlier, Kubo and Pinto are those super subs that you bring in for the midfield, yeah. either in a draw or you're winning, and they're yeah. they're going to lock it down. They're going to get you some some other chances created. Um, and I know later in the game too, Zach and I were a little frustrated too because honestly, we probably could have had a second goal there near like the 90th minute, but they they yeah. were just kicking it to the corner and being safe about it. But I was like, ah, oh, like come on, like we could have had another one. Selfishly, you want to see that for sure. <laughs> um, Pinto, to kind of touch on your point about him, he's second in the MLS in games played as a sub at 11. Um, a certain Columbus crew player is number one. But um, Pinto's gotten some good minutes coming off the bench. We have been able to see a little bit more of an identity from him. But um, in a 1-0 win that we had, uh, I'll turn it over to Zach here. We're, we're going to talk about our trivia question of the week so zach let's hear it all right so this is a stat from our very lovely patrick o'leary who's our fcc comms coordinator so this is directly from his his twitter and okay no cheating guys you can't look now um (laughs) so this game featured only one shot on or the chicago game featured one shot on target um which was lucho's game winning goal it's only happened once prior for FCC, um, a scoreless draw between um, Cincy and this other team. Who was it, it? Are you going to give us a year or do we have to guess? I can give you a year. I can give you a year. It was um, 2020 and they were at Nippert. Okay. Sam? Okay. Okay. Um I have no idea what the answer is, but um, I'm I'm gonna take a big guess here. Um, I'm gonna go with an East team, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with um, New York Red Bulls. Okay. We'll Ryan, see. what's your thought? <laughs> 2020, one zero win. The only this this was the short. Was this was the short COVID year. COVID season. I'm just debating if it was a, one of those bubble games in Orlando or if it was, a, you said Nippert. It was a Nippert one. I'm going to go with the crew. I'm going to go with the, our win against the crew. I'm going to go 1 0. I remember us winning there. So I'm going to, I'm going to put my bets on that. Some interesting guesses. <laughs> we'll, we will find out by the end of the episode what that team is. Yes, we will. Um, in the part of the Chicago game, I wanted to um, kind of touch a point on this. I don't know if you guys from the stands, what your thoughts were when Shakiri came into the game. Uh, I mean, so so let me let, let me first, let me preface this. So I want to quote uh, my my brother who was sitting next to me uh, during the game. Okay. Uh, he, Shout out Zach. He, yeah, he was <laughs> he was watching Shakiri warm up. Right. Uh, this was like middle, like early second half. Right. He's like, who's who's that number 10? Like, is he a player? I was like, yeah, like he's he's a player. He's like, is he are you serious? Like that guy's a player. 
was like, yeah. He was like, he looks like a football player. Like, he looks like a rugby like player. I was like, Zach, he's one of the best players on their team. Like, plays for the Switzerland national team. Like, has played overseas with uh, Liverpool and among other teams. And he's like, yeah, he does not look like a soccer player at all. Like, he looks just, like he sits at the pub and, down and, and, and I And I quote, beer. Right. Short, short and stocky. That is what that is what he gave you. Yeah, fullback in yeah. the, like for the Bengals. Like it brought yeah, him so in to it, be like a if backup want, running. If you want an impression on on what we thought of Shakiri, I, I think my my brother Zach's take is definitely good I on like that. that take. <laughs> Watching it on TV, you realize like him and Miazga, some they have like some of the same vibes on the field. Like he was just talking smack to a couple players. But I don't know if it was like he was like trying to demand respect from people, and then our guys were like, "Dude, like you you've done terribly in the MLS, so you have no respect." But it just seemed like he was just getting into these like chirping battles, and he gets a yellow for it at one point yeah. too. Baji kind of hits him, and Shakiri makes like this face at him, and I'm like, "Come on, dude! Like, what are you doing?" It it almost reminds me of Chanel, to be honest, of NYCFC. I think that's who got into it with Mascara. Yeah. And you know, Luca goes <laughs> up to him and his hands are behind his back. He's like, wasn't me, wasn't me. But then he wants to look tough against him and he's just tiny compared to him. But I just love it. I love the energy between um Lucho and anyone else around him at any point. Um, but it seems like it goes around the team a little bit, which is kind yeah, of funny. Yeah, I feel like our team's very animated with emotion, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to describe that, yeah. Um, who did you guys have as your uh, jersey swaps of the week? We can either choose between uh, the NYCFC game or the Chicago game. We had those two this week, so I'll uh, flip it over to Sam first. Yeah, my uh, my jersey swap of the week is is the guy that I kind of touched on a little bit at the beginning. I'm going to go with Barrial. Um, I, I think he both games and throughout the season, like he's been a consistent piece of that back line. We've seen that back line kind of go in and out. I know Miazga has been another consistent piece. Um, Mascara has been in and out of the lineup a little bit, um, but Barrial on that left hand side has been phenomenal. He's been a crucial piece, and once again, you know what I was saying earlier. He probably is one of the best crossers in the MLS. Like just the bend that he puts on the ball and the the attacking positions that he puts our strikers in or Acosta in. Like he's very versatile. Um, whether it be you know crossing it in or delaying that cross and then playing it back to somebody in the box, I, I think he he can be you know a, a key piece. Um, and what what is kind of me me being like this futuristic thinker like. I just continue to see his market value rise, right? He's a great young player. And I mean, I could see him, I don't know, maybe not this season, but eventually, like if he continues to play really well, probably leaving FC Cincinnati and going to play, you know, overseas somewhere because he's he's that good of a talent. Um, And he's, like I said, he's still a young talent. So it's a good take. Do you think that his best position is at wing back or do you think we're yet to find Barrial's best position. I I think right now you're you're seeing him flourish in a position that that Pat has kind of given him this left wing back that also plays as a wing. I I think he's flourished in that opportunity because I mean we've seen him in past seasons right with FC Cincinnati try and be just a normal left back, mm-hmm. and we've seen Powell try and do the same thing as well when he first came over for <laughs> FC Cincinnati. Like both guys are very similar on on their respective wings. 
and they they just don't get back fast enough sometimes. Now Barriel, I feel like he's gotten a lot better about that. Um, but yeah, I, I think right now for sure, I would I wouldn't say we've figured it out that you know this is the best version of himself or is going to be right in this position. But it's hard not to say that. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. He's he's crucial to our offense, whether it's coming up on on the attack like that. I think that's it's a good take. Zach, uh, what was your jersey swap of the week? Yeah, so I went with um, Lucho. He um, had awesome goals both games. I mean, the bender in the New York game and then the amazing touch to the nutmeg. I think I don't know if he nutmegged both of them, but he I definitely know he nutmegged one of them. I think it was just one. Um, but, I mean, the one goal was on his birthday. I mean, you can't can't make that any better um his sub off in chicago uh, was unreal it seemed like everybody was on their feet giving him a standing ovation as he subbed off like that's what it i was, heard yeah it was awesome got the chills for sure um and then j- him just being a team captain and giving that pk to vasquez i thought i think that's a great show of respect and i feel like um him being there for vasquez to uh lean on him when he needs confidence. I think that's, it's important on the team. Yeah, absolutely. The guy leads the MLS in the most points per game for a single player that would be on the field. Um, and you can kind of put that as a stat of, you know, FC's got, you know, all these points. So of course the Lucha is going to be higher, but look at the games. Lucha hasn't been on the field and yeah. probably what the expected points value would Brent, you know, go down to if he wasn't on there. So Zach, that's a good point. He's had a great week. Um, I think a great season so far. He's stepped up in some absences for other people and has shown that no matter, you know, how many games we have in a week, he's going to be out there and he's going to convince Pat that he's good no matter what. <laughs> well, I, I, I also, on the podcast, if he hears it, you know, I want to apologize a little bit. I gave a, a tweet out um 50 60th minute was saying this is the the most moping i've seen from la costa in a very long time it just didn't look like he was (laughs) you know wanting to be in the game um he was lackadaisical he was walking back on everything it looked like the acosta of old and of course you know he takes one touch scores and it's like all right well i forgive you like it's all right 58 60th minute that puts right around when we sub in all the big boys no, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. There's any correlation in that? I I think there was. I also tweeted that. <laughs> <laughs> Check out the flying lion tweet uh, or Twitter. I should should say our our account, our Instagram account as well. So that's a good shot there. I like that. Uh, my jersey swap of the week is going to be Mr. Matt Miazga. He played 90 minutes in both games. He's our leader. I told you guys earlier he had some scruffles in both games. We've come to see it. I think they get like get into a huddle and they're like, all right, we're going to pick on that guy right there. That guy looks pretty weak today. Let's go and chat him up. But Herbers and him got into it in the NYCFC game. They're in a corner. And I feel like Matt's always just chirping the ref. And like, I'm watching the game and the ref's like, Matt, Matt, like, I, I saw it. I saw it. You're good, man. <laughs> and Miaska's like, dude, like, get off of me. So that's him every single game, and I love that in some ways, but hopefully that doesn't lead to more yellows and more time off the field. 
Um, but I feel like he's more of a vocal player that can back it up with his size versus Lucho. So um, I would say just for his leadership qualities and the fact that, um, you know, FC Cincinnati is top three in the MLS in blocks. Um, so like attempted balls through interceptions. Um, Miazga's had one of the highest um, pass accuracy rating of any player in the MLS as well. Um, and one of the past games he had, like, I think this Chicago game, he had 91% passing. And when you just pass between your center backs, I mean, you're going to get your numbers up a little bit there, but he's had really good progressive long distance passes, either across the field or through balls. He's kind of always looking for players behind. Um, when I was watching a lot of the prior games before he came to FC Cincinnati, that was one thing a lot of scouts kind of put emphasis on is he would play great long balls. And that really sets up our team well for through balls, either for Lucho or Vasquez getting behind and creating opportunities. So um, shout out to uh, Matt Miazga, but also shout out to Mr. Alvis Powell. I don't know if you guys realize this is Alvis Powell's third career center back start in the Chicago game ever his last one being in 2020 against inter, or for inter Miami um they were playing Toronto they lost but um I felt like Alvis like we said yesterday Zach um you didn't really mention his name so that's always a good thing at center back well in the in the first first I want to say probably like first 20 minutes 30 minutes of the game I look over to Zach and I go to be honest with you, I think I was Powell right now is our best center back. <laughs> I was Powell pretty, pretty well at center back. I think yeah, probably because to start the game, I mean, you you gave the ninety one percent for Miazga, but it it certainly did not feel like that when he started out. Yeah. Him and Mascara were a little off, like passing back and forth to each other to start the game. But yeah, I think I think Powell played played a good game as well. Yeah, there there are some brief moments where I almost had a heart attack with his dribbling, but oh, I yeah. mean, besides that, I mean, I think it was, I think it was a pretty well well played game by him. One of my favorite quotes of all time from an FC supporter was, "Alvis Powell in a straight line dribble is the best dribbler we have, like ever." But as soon as you make him go left or right, that ball's gone immediately. Yeah. But you got to respect the the dribbling ability. Um, I think him playing right back so much really helped like him playing kind of uh, that center back role there to know like when to cover, you know, when knowing, hey, those guys are going to play up a little bit higher. Um, you know, Gaddis doesn't play, I guess, the most offensive of uh, a right back. But still, I feel like Alvis did a serviceable job. So shout out Mr. Alvis Powell. Um, moving on, I guess, to our cards of the week. Um, you kind of touched on mascara earlier and some of uh, the stuff that was going on really in both games, back-to-back -back games. He's had um, a couple of instances of maybe embellishment is what some people want to call. It. He even got fined for that against NYCFC, although it looked like he got headbutted. I don't know if you guys saw that or not, yeah. but um, Zach, what was your card of the week? Can't hear you. <laughs> and I was hoping I'd be good and get that off when I needed to. Um I, I was going to say the uh, fan throwing the bottle can um, during that scuffle between Mascara and Kamara. I yeah, mean, cool. it's like, yeah, guys, come on. Like, it's a sport. We're here to entertain or be entertained and support our team. But that's too far throwing things and causing harm and injury to yeah. both either our our team or their team. I mean, 
that could have easily hit Miazga, but right. it also could have hurt anybody, to be honest. I mean, that it's a it's a bit of a disgrace, in my opinion. I, I totally agree. Um, I want to say it was not – it might have looked like Hyatt Kamara, but it was their right back or right wing that they brought in. So I don't think it was Kamara. I think it was one of the other subs that came in, like, the same time as Kamara. Um, but you guys were probably opposite of that point. So that was – Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I saw that on the replay. Yeah. <laughs> Could you see them throw the bottle down, like, yeah. at the player? Yeah, yeah. Because oh, well, what I saw was the – the drink that was thrown and then I saw Miazga's reaction like hey like don't like let's not right. do that like right. trying like tell the fans like hey like calm down a little bit um so yeah I, I thought that was a, a weird situation I mean we don't want to as FC fans we want to hold ourselves to a higher standard we don't want to be like Mexico national team fans or Columbus crew fans throwing stuff onto the field we don't want that <laughs> good call out more shade more shade I love it Sam what was your card of the week yeah, uh, my car of the week, same game, um, but it was before the game. Uh, my car of the week is to the FC Cincinnati security. Um, I did not like the extended extended lightning warning at the, the game. Oh. Um, it, it semi-delayed the Bailey march um, to have to stay on the east side of the stadium before they could you know, do their full march in. Um, as well as I thought it was a little ridiculous they didn't let people down into their seats into that bowl. Um, the Jumbotron said, we recommend that you don't sit in your seats, yet all the security were shooing fans from their seats and were not allowing them to sit down at all. Um, really? Yet the fans from up top were just sitting and watching this happen. And then <laughs> security was looking at us like, well, we could tell them to, to leave, and but they're all the way up there. And I was like, well, you know, if I were somebody sitting down in the bowl, like, would I? what would I say? And I right. I, I figured right. I'd probably just sit there and be Did like, what do you do? Out, like, like, right when the game was about – or when they were about to let people in is when this delay happened then? So it was about 30 minutes before game time, and it lasted 30 minutes. And it was like, well, what – like – what the heck? Like lightning doesn't last thirty minutes long. <laughs> like that makes me, um, oh man, cringe almost. Uh, I was at the St. Louis game in St. Louis, and there was a tornado warning at the stadium. So the same thing happened, but it was rough because they announced there was a tornado warning, and people were like coming in, and then they stopped letting people into the stadium. So the people that are about to walk in, knowing like there's going to be this huge storm coming, were like. Where do we go? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, that, and that was the thing a lot of people said on Twitter was you want us to go out to the concourse, but then more people are coming into the stadium. So like, yeah. what do you like? I don't think that's that capacity. safe at all. Like, it, that, right. I don't think that's a good trade off. Like, yeah, be struck by lightning or be trampled to death. Like, what do you, yeah. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> well, it sounds like it cleared up. We had a beautiful night, um, ended up obviously with a, a good result. So. Um, interesting uh, to hear about that, though. Yeah, Ryan, what um, was your card? My, my card of the week was the NYCFC game. Um, how about the the coach for NYCFC saying that 100 times out of 100 with a different referee, they would have won that game? It's like, okay, buddy. Um, I love the confidence, but really? 100 times out of 100, you guys would win that? 
Um, I think maybe one goal back still means you lost three to two, probably. Uh, maybe that changes the game early on, but I mean, at this point, he's trying to use everything. I think they're on a a, a spiral in a, in a little ways. I don't know if you guys saw James Sands goes over to the supporters after the game and is almost getting like chewed out about their effort. Lambasted. And I would be like, if I'm Sands, I'd be like, how about your guys' effort? I know you're here, but like, where are all your other friends? <laughs> I, like I was about to say the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I heard more FC Cincinnati fans than I did NYC FC fans 100%. on the on the stream. Like, it was 100%. it was almost comical. It was. I mean, there was. I was also reading the tweets that there was Shout a certain FC one, fan that you could just continue to hear the whole time, and yeah. you could hear his his almost like drunkenness, you know, in his words that he was saying because he was very right. loud, very evident. Um, but yeah, I mean. NYCFC fans didn't show up. Their team didn't show up. And for their coach to be like, oh, yeah, different refs, you know, different playing field, different team. Like, oh, we would have won right. that game. Like, Right. Yeah, I would have won on FIFA if I played it again. Right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, dude. Yeah, he's, like, he's, he's probably like, on the hot seat. but he's the, he's the kind of guy that would go on FIFA and lower, like, the difficulty scale. <laughs> you guys see the memes where it's like, rage you know back at the other team and they're winning like a hundred to nothing or something yeah i feel like that was their coach after that game but um <laughs> so uh overall though you know great week for the boys um i think we can say uh one one thing i did actually want to mention about lucho's goal um both you know arias's ball to him looks very, very reminiscent of Lucho's ball to Santos in the first game against Chicago. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you guys noticed it. It was from about midfield, plays it over the top. I think Santos only takes one touch. Lucho obviously takes a couple more. But um, something that the coaching staff had seen, I think, probably on a center back rotation um, from a cross ball perspective. So um, good shout out to Arias for that that great ball over the top. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, one of his only touches of the game, I think, really. But um, I would hope to see more crosses like that from him, from all the stuff that we have heard from him at Atletico before. Um, I really hope that this kind of sparks that. So any yeah. final thoughts for uh, either of the games from you guys? No. no I think awesome. we touched on it pretty well. Okay. Um, before we move on to the upcoming uh, games that we have, Zach, you want to give us our – Trivia answer. I'm really actually anxious to see what this is. Yeah, so I'll just re read the um, question again. So FCC in Chicago featured only one shot on target, which was Lucho's game-winning goal. It happened only once prior for FCC, a scoreless draw against the Philadelphia Union. Oh, Philadelphia Union. September 23rd. So that was after the bubble. Interesting. Was that a 0-0 draw? Yes. Hmm. It was that so it was only one shot on target though that entire game. Yeah. Entire yeah. game, correct. So oh it was gosh, a no pretty uneventful game. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> that, okay, so thankfully probably no one was at that game. <laughs> 2020, right? If we're timing that out right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, you know what? We'll just go out and just show up. But that's a good one. I didn't know that. I wanted to uh actually tell everyone my my funny trivia question of of the week i was looking through some things um 
just a secondary one, a bonus one, but um, who is the MLS leader in throw-ins? You guys have uh, any ideas there? I know we had said it before, um, but uh, Mr. Alvaro Barial. 145 throw-ins leads the MLS. So kind of a funny, <laughs> funny stat there. Very funky stat. Good time waster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, upcoming games we have, we uh, are playing actually tomorrow night. By the time everyone's listening, it'll be tonight. Um, the U.S. Open Cup quarterfinal against Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh is in second place in the Eastern Conference of the USL. Um, Fun fact about this, actually, I thought this was kind of cool. I was looking up a little bit of U.S. Open Cup history. Their last time that they were in a quarterfinal was in 2001. Oh, wow. Um, it was the furthest that they have actually made it um, was a quarterfinal. So this is their second appearance. So kind of cool there. What are you guys' thoughts on um, the upcoming game against Pittsburgh? I'm, I'm hoping we, we thrash them, considering – the lineup that we put out on Saturday. I mean, we, we quote unquote rested a lot of guys from their starts so that we could have this game on Tuesday be electric, right? So that's what I'm expecting is us to solidify ourselves at TQL stadium against a USL championship team and show them who's boss and we'll move on to the semifinals and, you know, see who we play there. Um, I will say, you know, we did play them last season in the Open Cup and beat them 2 nothing, right? So I expect something similar, if not more. Yeah, I likewise. I, I think coming off our just streak of wins, I there's no reason we shouldn't just absolutely thrash a USL championship team. Um, really, I didn't have much to speak on this just because I was hoping it's an easy win. I mean, there shouldn't yeah. be – shouldn't shouldn't – Shouldn't be much of a challenge, but <laughs> it's um, a cup game. It's a cup game. Yeah, you never you know. Never know. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, but, um, but I'm hoping for the same as well. Um, one point about them, I was looking, their star striker is out on suspension. Hmm. Um, and then uh, one of their other players uh, has a knock as well. So I don't think he's going to play, but no matter what, I think they're going to play a pretty pressing game from what I hear. Um try to put us under, um, which will be interesting to see how we respond to that. But the boys show up at TQL. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm confident. I think we made the point last time I was looking it up. We would have the potential to host a semifinal game. I don't yeah. want to look too far ahead as well. Yeah, We'd yeah. have the potential for that. Um, teams that remain notable, Inter-Miami, Chicago Fire, and then you have Birmingham Legion be a kind of an interesting one to play uh, another usl team there too um yeah. i think the west teams um totally blanking on who it is to be honest with you but we'll cross that bridge when we get there <laughs> i got it it's houston uh real okay. salt lake and la galaxy so no other usl on the west side correct chicago's okay. the other one on that on the other bracket side gotcha yeah, yeah i think we'll yeah i mean I, th I think between Birmingham Legion and the inner Miami, I think those both should be a fairly, they're winnable, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. To get to the final, um, but yeah. I think we could probably say that um, then after this one, we're, we're headed to Vancouver actually. So um, another kind of 
what do you do moment of far travel, little rest, playing on turf again. I hear Vancouver's got actually fairly decent turf is my understanding, but still turf. Um, would love to see a stat. Maybe somebody can look it up, but to see what our record is on turf. Um, I think this year we've only done it maybe one or two times at New England, I want to say, was one of the only times we had a draw there, but a record usually isn't too great on turf. Um, Vancouver is five, six, and five. Um, they're five, three, and one at home, so they're a pretty solid home team. They haven't lost a home match actually since day one uh, against RSL, um, so that should be pretty solid. We actually are 0-1 and 1 against them all time. And it's the fifth team that we're going to play that we're actually winless against. Sam, that was one of your points uh, in a previous podcast. So you guys can go back and look at that. But we've won all the ones prior that we hadn't won against them. So, Yeah, so to, to touch on that point, I mean, let's make it the, the fifth team this season that we've beaten for the first time. Let's continue to break records. Let's continue to to have that momentum. And I mean, it's it's funny. The the records are a little bit different. Obviously, one team's you know lower middle of the table, and the other one is at the top of the table, top of the league. Um, Vancouver, though, they they can they can score some goals. Um, they they give me similar vibes to Chicago. Um, Chicago has a, a yeah. terrible defense, um, a little bit worse than Vancouver. But Vancouver is is one of those teams that. They'll make up for it in their offense. Um, they have just as many goals as us, and they concede. They've conceded twenty. So, um, okay. you know that they're up there with goals allowed and uh, goals for um, only only six over for goals for. So, I mean, they could definitely put it up there when they want to. Um, and their and their goal difference, though, um, they they've had close games, right? Yep. Or they've lost by a, a decent margin. Um, their goal difference is only six. So. Um, I think this away match for them, Ryan, you know, speaking about how, how good they've been at home or at least, you know, being able to, to limit the opposition at home, uh, if you will. I, I think this, honestly, this could be a, a good test for, for FC Cincinnati a lot more than, you know, obviously Colorado is still that, that one of victory and stuff, but I, I think Vancouver may be able to to put a goal on them or, or two um, to kind of test the limits a little bit. Sure. Zach, your thoughts on uh, the Vancouver game? Yeah, I um, did a little research, and yeah, Vancouver most has has the most big chances in the league currently between oh, wow. both East and West. So they've got a lot of um, opportunities to put some shots on goal. So it's going to, I think, really test uh, Celentano this weekend. Um, they've got sec- their second place in uh, expected goals. So, hmm. uh, like Sam said, they're going to coming out hot they want to score goals they're gonna put a lot of pressure on our defense i think we're we're gonna have to do a lot of clearing uh clearing out in the box um hopefully we our defense steps up um i'm kind of nervous because a lot of our defenders are on four yellows so yeah yeah um, it's gonna be i think it's gonna be a really interesting game it's gonna probably be a close one really test the waters yeah that's a good shout miazga Mascara, Barrial, and Lutra on um, four yellow cards right now. So one more, and they miss the next game. Yeah, so it will be interesting. I did want to point out um, Gressel, Julian Gressel's on Vancouver, and oh, really? he's, their right, about them. he's their right back. And I, th- I think it's going to be a really fun matchup to see Gressel versus Barrial on that 
uh, on that side of the pitch. So I, I think that'll be something to watch this next game. Okay. Sam? Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, you know, overall, I have the same. Actually, that was that was my player to look out for. Was actually <laughs> Barrial. I was giving my jersey swap, and my my next player to look out for was Barrial. So Zach kind of helping me with the transition. But um, I, I think Barrial continues to solidify himself in this lineup and and in this league with you know the chances he's going to create. Um, him and Lucho just they they have that Argentinian bond, and it's it's <laughs> remarkable to watch when they're on the same side of the field. Yeah. It's they have a great chemistry. Um, so I definitely, to your point, Zach, um, him and him and Gressel will have definitely a dogfight uh, on that left hand side. For those who are not um, actually watching the video, as soon as Sam says that Argentinian connection, he gets the hand movement. So that I thought that was kind of funny. That was perfect timing on that one. Um, Vancouver apparently scores a lot of goals. So my um, player to look out for actually is going to be Nick Haglin. I think he's going to return um, All right. probably coming either back tomorrow or tonight, whichever way you want to think about it in the open cup game. Um, we'll play maybe a decent chunk of minutes then, but um, coming back off injury would love to see him have a big game against Vancouver, um, maybe in a spot where maybe we give some of the other guys a little bit of rest in that spot. Potentially we'll see. Um, but Nikki Hags, let's see it, man. Yes, sir. Any closing thoughts for uh, the next couple games, guys? Um, not, not really. I just, I just don't want to see us get get complacent. Um, which it feels like we won't. I mean, obviously, Miazga is going to keep us fiery and you know at at the opponent's throat. So um, if we go down, we're going to go down swinging. Um, this isn't the same team that lost five one to St. Louis earlier this year. Um, Although I, all the St. Louis fans will remind you that we have, if you look anywhere yeah. on Twitter or anywhere, like, oh, FC's great, but how did they do against St. Louis? Where are they on the table? We're at the <laughs> top of the table. Like, they're on the top of the West, so they're not too far off. But Are they, are they on the top of the West, or is LAFC up there? No, uh, St. Louis is your top team in the West right now, actually. They might have a couple of games in hand, though, so – um see that as you will yeah (laughs) (laughs) zach any final thoughts yeah i I just like sam said i let's not be complacent i think we really need to um just stick it out till saturday finish that game and then we've got the international break so we'll get a lot of rest from that and i think coming back we'll continue our fiery run yeah it'll be a good rest for the boys although um we, we've just been doing shout outs all episodes. So we'll just continue this trend here coming out here in the past couple of days. Shout out Junior Mourinho for making um, Venezuela's national team for their international yep. break. Shout out Yerson Mascara, his first call up, Colombian national team. That's huge, boys. Huge. Yeah. Huge. So very happy for him. Um, they're going to be playing Germany on June 20th. Um, FC has a home game on the 21st. So might be missing Yerson in that one, but um, with the international break coming up, love to see the FC guys represent um, something that we've been looking forward to as fans for a long time. And between the U.S. and Venezuela, you know, Ecuador, Colombia, like we've had some really good representation. Um, I don't know if we'll ever get Argentina in there. Would love to see 
a Lucho or Barial eventually, but man, what a team or a squad that they have. So that's a big a ask. Big, yeah. That'd be a big ask. <laughs> yeah. The fact that he's not even on it is insane. Yeah. Yeah. For those who know, um, Sam and I were big um, Manchester City fans. So I wanted to ask you guys your predictions for the Champions League final this coming Saturday. We got Man City versus um, Inter Milan. Zach, you can go first. Ah, uh, man. I think this is going to be a uh, blowout. I'm, I'm afraid to say it. I think Man City is just going to wash them away. Going for the, the tree play? Yeah. I hate to say it because I'm not a big Man City fan. I'm not a Manchester fan. Man United, Man City, you name yeah, it. Yeah. But all right. Yeah, that's my that's my take. I I uh, I think Holland scores a hat trick and solidifies <laughs> himself as one of the best Champions League players to ever live. Just at the age of and what, 22, like, 23? Yeah, right. Exactly. Like so young. But um, what do you think final score is going to be, Sam? Oh. Um, I'll go 4 0. 4 0. Holy moly. That'd be quite the result for a Champions League final, too. I don't think they let off the gas either. Yeah. City and uh, SC Cincinnati on the same trajectories <laughs> this year, maybe in different ways, but uh, that'd be kind of cool. A lot of trophies, hopefully, coming for SC Cincinnati. Um, so I want to say thanks to everyone for listening to this episode, and uh, we'll chat with you guys uh, next week. Thanks, guys. Peace.